Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM is brought to you by the organizational team, Cole, Tess, and Theron. A very special thank you to all of our participants, without whom this event wouldn't be possible. And now, on to the episode. Tabletop Titties is a weekly tabletop role-playing podcast run entirely by people of marginalized genders. Queer, feminist, hilarious, and most importantly, fun. Our D&D campaign is run by Dungeon Goddess Charlene Bear and features themes of post-apocalyptic battle royales, revenge, love affairs, puzzling challenges, and horrifically hilarious carnivals. New this year, Titties by Night, a Vampire the Masquerade V5 campaign. Story told by Kelly Wright, this show follows a vampire coterie of supernatural investigators in Victorian London. All our shows have professional actors, intricate editing, and storylines that keep you coming back for more. For more information, visit our website at tabletoptitties.com. And whenever we say tabletop titties, that's with double D's if you know what we mean. Is this thing on? Can't you see the red light? God, how bad are your eyes? I can see the red light, but no one said to talk. Hi, I am Marie Redgate, and um, this is... Angus McRae. And we uh, fight monsters, because those are real. The boogeyman that you fear, they're real. That thing under your bed, is also real. But we're here to fight them. Kick their ass, but, you know, that's close enough. Do you even literally think we should be doing this? I mean, who would believe a couple of uh, monster hunters from a little town called Hendrix, which we're stuck in, thanks to you? Thanks to me. I would have been gone a long time ago if I still had a car. But I guess you shouldn't have drove it off a bridge. We interrupt this bickering to inform you that we are Redgate and Wolf, an actual play Monster of the Week podcast. Wait, wait, wait. Why? Why is it Redgate and Wolf? Should not be Wolf and Redgate. I do all the work. And as she talked about kicking ass, I do that. You wouldn't be able to go anywhere to kick ass if I didn't drive you there. Drive me. You drive me crazy. Find us on your favorite podcast app now. In a world where there are hundreds of actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcasts, Tavern Tales is one of them. But if you're a fan of humor, great exposition, and module play, come check out our adventures as we work our way through the tales of the Yawning Portal and occasionally a dungeon in a box. Every month we also step back from the table to let our junior crew sit down to tell their story on Tavern Tales Junior. So swing by and grab a seat at the bar as we present Tavern Tales weekly wherever podcasts can be found. Have you ever dreamt of being a superhero? Legends of Superhero Story is a new actual play podcast using the Legends Superhero role-playing game system, available on all podcast platforms. This exciting new superhero tabletop RPG follows our Game Master Jack and our fledgling heroes played by Chad, Emily, Amanda, and Daniel as they work their way through their origin story and beyond. Listen in as they discover their powers and abilities. Let's hope they learn to work together as a team in time to save the world and truly become legends. Legends of Superhero Story is available on all podcast platforms. For more information, follow us on social media at The Legends Cast or visit our website, www.matchplaygames.ca forward slash The Legends Cast. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of International Podcast Month. I am Richard Kreutz Landry. I'm the assistant editor on Whelmed, the Young Justice Files, and we are bringing you 
an actual play set in the world of Young Justice. It's very unofficial, but it should be a lot of fun. We've got one thing to go over before we get to the episode proper, and that's Lobsters and Feelings. It's the game system that we use for the rest of the episode. It's a modified version of Lasers and Feelings by John Harper. Each character has one stat, a number between two and five, that determines how much they tend toward lobsters, which is sea creature things, versus feelings, which are your sort of more human traits. It's particularly apt for this setting because these characters are sea creatures and or hybrid sea creatures. When we get to roles, the players roll a number of six-sided dice determined by how specialized or prepared they are and whether or not they're getting help. And with that, what I'd like to do now is introduce all of our fellow players here. So first up, Emily. Hello, my name is Emily Matchett. My pronouns are she, her, and I am from two different shows. I'm from Tabletop Titties, a live stream pot and podcast. Um, we stream Tuesdays and Wednesdays and podcasts released Fridays and Saturdays. We play D&D and Vampire the Masquerade. I'm from that show and I'm also from Legends, a superhero story, which is a uh, actual play podcast where we play um, the new game Legends, the superhero role playing game uh, written by my dad and my bro who are also on the podcast that's coming out later on this year. Amazing. Sarah, you're up next. Hi, I'm Sarah, also known as Ciro, and I'm the keeper and editor for Redgate of Wolf. We're an actual play Monster of the Week podcast. Basically, a sassy thief and a Scottish werewolf hunt monsters, roll dice, and bicker in a fictional town named after Jimi Hendrix. Like one does. Mm, my pronouns are she and her. Perfect. Kyle? Hi, I'm Kyle, and I am delighted to be here today. Uh, you will hear my voice on such varied and disparate works as Tavern Tales and Tavern Tales Jr. Okay, maybe that's not as varied and disparate as I led that to believe. <laughs> my pronouns are he, him, and I am excited to play this game. Perfect. And finally, bringing us home, Ariel. Hey guys, I'm Arielle. I am an entertainment journalist writing for Young Justice TV. I am very excited to be joining my very first tabletop game with this amazing group of people. And with that, I'm ready to start. Fantastic. That's so exciting. <laughs> All right. Oh, and my pronouns are she, her. Awesome. And that brings us back to me again. I'm Richard Kreutz-Landry. Pronouns are he, him. And let's get into this very special, very Young Justice episode. September 26th, 2018, Atlantis. The Justice League and its covert team of young heroes are busy around the globe and far out into the reaches of space. We see a brief montage of the heroes we know and love before settling in on the image of four Atlanteans we've never seen before. First up, let's find out about Owen. Hi. Um, 
I'm Owen. Um, I might not be the best superhero, but I try really hard. Um, and I have a lot of friends. Yeah. Now, Owen, what's it like being a seven foot long dwarf sperm whale who's also a vegetarian? Um, it's, 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 it's fine. Um, it causes a lot of, of difficulties at family gatherings, but I, I sometimes will bring my own food to help it out a little bit. Um, not a lot of my family are vegetarians, but it's, it's fine. We make do, you know? Next up, we're going to meet Nene, the small seahorse with the outsized punch, a weapons expert. Hi. So, Nene. Yeah? How did you find yourself becoming a weapons expert at the School of Sorcery and Guardianship in Atlantis? Oh, it was purely by accident. Um, I just got stomped on and ended up on the underside of someone's shoe who was going there. But I really enjoy weapons now. The bigger, the better. That brings us around to Jacques. Now, some folks might look at you from, say, the perspective of a surface dweller and see a seal with a coat and a toque. Tell us about that. So, Delor, what is there to say? I have so many things I could tell you all about. I am uh, um, uh, an adventurer like my father, an explorer and uh, delver beneath the sea like um, his name was Cousteau. You may know him very well. I, I am trying to raise myself to his uh, very uh, uh, lofty aspirations. I, as you may say, I try to punch uh, above my weight class, but uh, I am the, the best I can be. I am uh, good friends with Owen, of course, because uh, Owen is much like myself, if vegetarian and uh, we're vegetarians, right? Uh, um, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, and and of course Nene and I have uh, uh, share an affinity towards weapons, but I like the ones that uh, uh, from uh, far away mm -hmm. because I do not like the up close uh, personal confrontation things. It is not uh, my, my way. So tell me a little bit about how you learn things from far away. It says here in your dossier that you're a scout and a bit of a clairvoyant. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, thank you, narrator. Um, may I tell you a little bit about the magics that I have at my disposal? I am uh, very skilled and capable when it comes to um, uh, the, uh, the lofty sights and the visions of things to come. Fantastic. And finally, we come to Isla, the anti-purist mermaid with a knack for communicating with the animals in the sea. Hey everyone, I'm so excited to be here. I'm in my second year at the conservatory. I love spending time with all of my friends, practicing all of my vegetarian recipes on them, like my little kelp biscuits and my shortbread trinkets. Mm, love testing them out. And really, I can't imagine a better day than spending time fighting for what I believe is right. Amazing. I have no idea how we ended up at like the the reality show confessional, but this is, this is great. I love it. <laughs> Um, I think it, I think it's the over the top narrator voice, which I kind of love. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm just sitting here eating a red rose, <laughs> yes. which I, I never expected in my life to go. Is that a Quebecois seal? Um, <laughs> because that's, that's all I can think. I don't even know if that's the right province, but um, that is the right province. Okay. Yes, it is the right province. <laughs> 
Amazing. All right. My my tiny bit of Duolingo French is paying off. Soon after these interviews, we found our intrepid adventurers moving along the sea floor outside of the city of Atlantis. They were tracking someone. King Shark, one of the Atlanteans who does not happen to look as humanoid as some others, has been missing for a time. Our heroes have been assigned a mission to recover him, to find out what happened and rescue him if need be. As we look down on our four heroes moving along the sea floor, we come to the lip of a sea trench. All around them, there's an unusual amount of activity. Most of the local sharks in the area are already here or moving towards the trench. As you look around you, you see a sort of general wave of movement along the seabed with lots of little critters, shrimp, crustaceans, cephalopods, vertebrates converging on what must be very interesting or a very large meal. When you get up to the edge, what do you do? Nene will push their way to the front and um, peer over. All right, so as Nene takes a look over the edge, we're going to make our first roll of the game because this is a game. In fact, it is the game Lobsters and Feelings. It's based on Lasers and Feelings by John Harper. So as you look over the edge to investigate, you see a whale. Now, this isn't the sort of whale that Owen uh, might be related to, luckily, uh, but they do not appear to be among the living anymore. They are sort of nestled below the lip of the trench, Uh, along one of the walls, and you can see that many, many, many uh, of the local creatures are, well, having a meal. To get more information, you're going to need to make a roll. So, if you're going to want to use your knowledge and experience, you're going to want to roll feelings, which is a roll over. So, your number being a two, you're in pretty good shape. You get one for attempting the task. Do you feel that as the weapons expert, uh, you have any particular expertise in this area? Only if it's possible they died by weapon. Hmm, an interesting thought. Uh, let's go ahead and give you that second die then. And do you feel uh, at all well prepared for this eventuality? Yes. Okay, then Uh, go ahead and roll 3d6 and let us know how many of those land on a number greater than your number two. I got two ones and a two. Okay, so that's uh, two failures and one lobster feeling. Uh, In that case... You get to narrate a beneficial detail of the scene because uh, you rolled the lobster feelings. You rolled your number on the dot. Uh, However, you're not going to get much more information than that. So as all uh, of these creatures are moving in and looking at this delicious, delicious carcass, uh, you're sort of looking at it. And I think you get distracted by the 
sheer number of large predators who are moving towards you, uh, who could swallow you in a single bite if they uh, wanted to, who are here for a meal. Uh, so what is the thing that you see or that you notice in the area uh, that you think will help the group to figure out what happened here or help you deal with the predators? <laughs> I would say that Nene spies a, a turtle. Okay. That may have, who's moving really slowly, that may have witnessed the whole event. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Uh, so there is, uh, much like uh, three of our party here are uh, sapient, sentient uh, sea creatures who just happen to look like the other sea creatures in the sea. Uh, there is a turtle here. So this turtle... They're moving slowly. They take life at sort of a different pace than maybe you young whippersnappers who have a mission to get on with. So you see them. They're this large sort of sea turtle just sort of circling the area to see what all the hubbub is about. And Ira sort of have a, a way with animals and uh, and the other inhabitants of the sea. As you're sort of going up to the lip and, uh, and watching what's going on, keeping half an eye out for the predators around you, uh, you see the turtles sort of start to steer your way in this slow arc. Sort of do that, that thing where someone's just sort of idly chatting about the weather. So you, you hear them say, Well, looks like a whale fall in the trench today. Seems a little strange if you ask me. Why, that one was healthy just... Yesterday, I saw them swimming by. So if you'd like to, you can talk to them or you could roll to abstract that out and see what information you can get. What would you like to do? I think I'm going to roll and try to get more information out of them. All right. You get one die just for being a young hero out on a mission. Uh, as someone with sort of animal friendship or uh, your sort of uh, intense anti-purist ideals, you're someone who's passionate about, uh, you know, doing the right thing. And you've always had a knack for interacting with uh, with the creature, the fellow creatures of the sea. Uh, that'll give you that second die. And do you think you're particularly well prepared for this interaction? I do. All right, that's going to be three. So you'll roll three D6. And uh, I think in this case, you're definitely doing uh, some kind of human-y things here. Some, some feelings-y thing, connecting, connecting with them. So you want to roll over that three. 
All right, I got a four, a three, and a five. Okay, so with a three, a four, and a five, uh, that's going to be a critical success with the lobster feeling. So you're going to be able to de declare a detail and you're gonna get what you want. So they start talking about all these the the history of all the times they've met this particular whale you know a sea turtle well they they just don't forget things it may take them a while to get around to telling you all the things that they know <laughs> but they sure don't forget things and soon enough uh they they managed to to bring up that well there there was that little bit of a ruckus the other day well, come to think of it, that actually wasn't too long ago. There was that... that big shark. Big shark. Big fella. Big beefy arms. You know, you'd think it'd be hard to swim with arms that big and beefy, but he sure gets around that one. Big mouth full of teeth, you know, and sort of like points one of their flippers kind of lazily at this large shark who just sort of looms out of nowhere and goes by in the background, uh, not menacingly at all, and says, yeah, come to think of it, it was chained up, which seemed a little weird, had a big old net around him with kind of that glowy lights, which... Now, I don't know about all this sorcery and magic, though. You four wouldn't be any of those sorcery and magic types, would you? No. Not at all. Are you at all being convincing? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Very anxious whale. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> Uh, they, they, they seem to take it in stride and uh, go, well, I seem to recall that they were struggling a lot and, you know, there is a, a, a bit of the face missing down there. I, I wonder if maybe, maybe that big fella just got real hungry for some reason. Seems a little strange if you ask me, but... Who am I to know these things? Anyhow. So all this time, mm. uh, Jacques has been aside from the lip of the trench. Mm -hmm. um, and he's definitely looked like he's been sick and vomiting. Oh, no. <laughs> um, after seeing the desecration of the poor whale beneath in the trench there yeah. and he swims over and he's like using his little flipper to wipe his mouth away and he's got you know a little bit of green stuff on his chest mm -hmm. um, and he says uh, Zutalor what have I missed? Oh well Oh no not from you <laughs> no, you I know the type you are you are a slow talker I wish to speak with uh, one of my colleagues here what have I missed? What is the turtle appraised of? Um he said it was strange. To be honest, I don't remember. He used a lot of words, and it was really slow. And this, the, you smell things underwater. You try, you, it's the smell of the whale was 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 a lot. <coughs> you you know right? All too well, all all too well, of course. Um, so do we know anything about the king shark? Um, how the whale died down below? Anything like that? He, he 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 did say big shark at one point and ruckus. 
and and there were chains, and someone's lost half their face. Is it the whale that lost half their face? I'm not clear on that. Yeah, I think I think I caught the whale. Yeah. Ayla, you know how to talk to these uh, slow talkers. So what do you say? Well. I think we should go and maybe try to get all these predators away from this whale because I can't stand the sight of them eating him anymore. Well, I mean, he's already dead. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's right. And like, uh, I, I the poor guy deserves a proper burial. He didn't do anything wrong. You are preaching to the choir. He's tasty. You can't say that. He didn't <laughs> do anything go, wrong. Let's swim so. <laughs> Um, it's the circle of life, you know. Do we know which way the uh, king shark was going? The one that eat the face. Uh, the turtle did not say anything about that. Um, but the uh, the whale is still down in the trench. Uh, if you want to sort of scare off some of the the predators, you are more than welcome to do so, Isla. You know what? I think I will. <laughs> Okay. To, to help whatever that is about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Owen, I don't know how one could trip underwater, but Owen does trip down. Oh, no, just like what happened to the whale. Right down. <laughs> so I, I think what it is, is uh, you're maybe just not paying attention to uh, where your tail fin is um, and you smash into something and uh, there's a bit of a, a small you know, uh, rock slide, maybe, um, coral slide thing going on. That's sort of going down into the trench and and scaring people. Uh, so what I will say is when we get to it, uh, that's going to be a bonus to, uh, Ira's attempt to sort of scare off some of the predators. Um, but before we get there, I think Ira, you're thinking about this. This is kind of scary this is a lot of sharks more than maybe you've seen in a long time um however during your training in this school what was a time where you had to face up to something that was a little intimidating and who was there with you okay she saw a bunch of school bullies gang up on a poor, innocent octo creature. Oh, this this had to have been Topo then, right? Maybe. Poor Maybe Topo can't necessarily. catch a break. Topo can't catch a break. <laughs> 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 this guy, but it wasn't any periods. It was just a bunch of, you know, mm. sorcery bullies. Just mm. wanted to get a rise up out of him for some, you know, gold coins that he was bragging to have found off mm. on his adventures. And she said, you know what? That's not right. And it kind of spawned her desire to start defend the people that needs defending in this world. Okay. Uh, and who who on the team was there witnessing this? Because what we'll do is we'll set up a little scene for the flashback here. I say Owen was witnessing it and he was very scared and he didn't he wanted to say something, but he didn't know how. So I got the courage and she spoke up for both of them. Okay. Tracks. So as Isla is preparing to do this, she thinks back to a time when she had to stand up for what was right. We cut back to a scene of the school, the guardian school, and Isla is there and she sees uh, one of the other sort of the one of the other hybrid Atlanteans uh, being bullied a bit. 
How does she feel about that? Well, that's not right. Why are they doing that? No, this isn't cool. Someone should say something. And Owen, you're there too. What did you say in this instance? Um, yeah, someone probably should. Um, maybe I could. And like, I think he swims forward like a foot and then just like backs up again because it's a lot of people. That's okay. Hey, kid. What do you got all those extra arms for? You don't use them for anything. Hey, hey, guess what? You know what's on all those arms? Bunch of suckers. You know why? Because you're a sucker. All right. That's it. Owen, you stay here. I got this. Okay. Hey, mister, who do you think you're talking to? Whoa. Hey, 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 hey. What's, uh... (laughs) You you trying to be intimidating? Is that what's happening here? This is great. Look Look at her. She's trying to be intimidating. Aw, you must have thought that would work on someone smaller than you, but how's it feel going up with someone your size? Uh... I'll have you know, I have sorcery class with Queen Mara in exactly 15 minutes, and if you don't stop doing what you're doing right now and hurting this poor innocent little creature, I am going to go and get her, and you're going to be expelled like that. (sighs) Whatever, go and tell the queen about it. Sheesh. Come on, let's go. Yeah, that's right. Swim away. Swim away. Yeah, serves you right. (laughs) Okay. With that memory in your mind, Isla, you go, you channel the feelings of being empowered to do what it takes to do the right thing. And now you get to make a roll. Ooh, another roll. Uh, you are going to get your one die from being just who you are. If you're trying to scatter the predators, uh, that is definitely uh, animalness. Uh, I don't know that you're particularly well prepared in this particular instance. Uh, however, with Owen sort of stirring the pot a bit by uh, causing a little teensy weensy landslide with uh, over the edge of the lip of the the trench uh you're gonna have a bonus there so again you've got three dice uh and i think you're you're still trying to to use your your sense of what's right your uh your feelings here to make this happen so you're gonna want to roll over that three three or over five four and four perfect You absolutely do it. You sort of move forward and the the scavengers of of all sorts who are enjoying a delicious meal uh, make way for you as you are just giving off vibes, uh, (laughs) straight up vibes that no, not right now, not while I'm here. Unfortunately, as we've sort of established here, this whale is well beyond hope Uh, but what you do discover is a very very distinct marking left from well jaws about the size of the biggest shark man that you know in Atlantis this was definitely King Shark now you're not sure how or why but it seems strange to have picked a fight with a whale this size, especially here at the trench. There's got to be a reason for it. And as you're sort of looking around and 
uh, poking around a bit, trying to keep uh, the scavengers away as much as you can, you start thinking about it and go, well, why would he have done that? He's a, I mean, he's a big meathead, but he's not, he's also pretty smart. And you think to yourself, well, if I had to get a message to somebody following me, how would I do it? And for him, some of the best tools he's got at his disposal are, uh, well, all those teeth in his jaws. So you start looking around the area. As you investigate, you notice that uh, deep down into the trench, there's uh, bits of disturbed coral and there are uh, what look like sort of scraped rocks that have had some sort of metal or uh, even as you're you're looking at them, maybe signs of some sort of uh, sorceress energy uh, having come into contact with them. Uh, sort of like you would imagine um, things looking if you put a hot curling iron on them and they sort of burned. Uh, sometimes the spell energy can do things like that to uh, the natural stone or the creatures who live on the side of it. And so you get the impression that this is probably a trail headed down. All right. So who's going to take the lead as you head downward? I will. Okay. So Nene takes the lead, swimming downward, their tiny self in the lead of our party of, of much larger inhabitants, much larger heroes. And we look upwards and we can see the light coming from above, coming down into the darkness of the trench as they they follow this trail and you're going down and down and down until finally you find a large fan coral. These are uh, known for the sort of delicate uh, shape that they have that looks very much like, uh, you know, a Victorian fan or a Japanese fan uh, might look when it's spread out um, in these beautiful colors with sort of this uh, uh, lace-like appearance. But you find one of them that is just snapped off at the base uh, near a couple others that appear to have been damaged. And as you go to investigate further, Suddenly, behind sort of a, a corner of rock, you see an opening. It's big enough to admit each of you individually, and barely big enough to uh, fit someone the bulk and size of, let's say, King Shark. But not much bigger than that, and it appears like it must have been very well hidden before this coral was destroyed. Tabernak, I am so sad to see the... Uh, Figured coral. Oh, I feel like we are a bunch of misfits sent on a mission when we are not even the ones. Like, I do not have a name like Aqua Lad or Aqua Girl or Manta, what a black Manta or the red Manta or uh, Rouge. Uh, why, why are we the ones that are sent on this mission, no? Well, I had to get some extra credit. Um. I'm not doing too good in some of my classes. Yes, I don't know why you chose to take the public speaking course. I already did advise against it. Well, I was hoping it would help, but that's the class I'm not doing too so good in. 
Um. Hey guys, let's check out the hole, and I just kind of like swim right into the hole. Fantastic. Okay. Oh, not fantastic. They are broken. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So as you are are heading in, um, you are are going down this passage, and it begins to get very dark very quickly. It is a long passage. It is a narrow passage, and you're going, and you're going, and you're going. Um, I I am scared. Hold my hand. And I'd like to know, what memory does this bring up for Owen? Memory of training, memory of a class, a memory that uh, was something challenging that one of the other team members was there for. Public speaking class. Let's go with it. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, public speaking. Public. Sp- wow, I need public speaking class. Apparently, public speaking class. There we go. So as you are pushing through, the feeling of the rock all around you and the walls closing in, and wondering whether or not you'd be able to turn around in this small space if you needed to. Uh, starts to get to you, starts to feel like the pressure that you felt doing something else in your life. Tell us about your public speaking class. Um, I was hoping it would help me speak in front of people because that's what the class said it would be. Um, but I had to go up and I had to read a poem and um, it wasn't great. Because my voice cracked on the first and the last word, so it started and ended badly, but the middle was okay, but it started and ended badly, which just kind of tainted the whole thing. So in the middle of this journey, it's it's not the worst thing, right? You're 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 making it. You're you're going there. And I think you you start to have thoughts of what's going to be waiting for you at the end of this tunnel. Because what was waiting at the entrance up at the top of the trench was not great. So who in the team is the one that has been there for you and and helped you through your your public speaking class and is the one that's helping you now through this experience? Oh, I think Jacques. Jacques is a fast talker. All right. And that's what what Owen is not good at. Kyle, you want to give us a little bit of uh, of how Jacques uh, either helped in the past or is helping now? Uh, sure. Jacques is the uh, teacher's assistant in the public speaking class. <laughs> Love it. And as soon as Jacques saw Owen in the class, uh, Jacques constantly had to remind Owen that um, you are the biggest one in the class. You take up the most space and your voice has value. And so Jacques said, um, oh, and you are big. Yes. Therefore you can be loud and no one in this class can shut you up. Okay. So you just need to talk about the things that you are, you know very well and you are good at. So it is something that you like very much, Jacques. Um, I like reading. Okay, and so what is it about like reading that you like? Um, 
It 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 stimulates my imagination. Oh, good. Tell us about your favorite story. And if you could just turn instead of facing me now, if you could just um, turn and face all of the other students. And remember, they are all much smaller than you and need to all pay attention to Owen, who is going to be doing the talking now. So the Lord, shut up, Smith. And with that, (laughs) we cut back to the tunnel in the darkness in this long journey and what is it that that Jacques is saying to Owen? Yes, just remember you are the biggest one here, Owen. So if you could turn around now, it's just just um yeah, you know, like, like nudge around in this tunnel. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know that you actually can. Is the interesting thing here. Um, <laughs> Maybe Owen's just upside down, swimming upside I'm like down. I'm trying for to no like spin reason. so that I can like see them. Yeah. Oh my god, this is the reason whales have hips. Maybe we should just go f- forward. Yeah, I I am saying that, which is what you need to do. Okay. Owen. Right, and I and I do that. I go. Oh. I just I go. Perfect. So, yeah, you you make it through this experience, and sort of with the the badgering encouragement maybe of uh of Jacques and and having sort of that distraction I think really sort of helps you to to take your mind a little bit off of the kind of the claustrophobic experience of of being in this space so you go down this tunnel I'm glad it wasn't Nene that was having the claustrophobia existence because it's like what's going on with the rest of us (laughs) (laughs) Oh, when we finish at the tunnel, I I want to uh, Jacques turns to Isla and says, I am so very impressed at the words that you said to drive away the f- furious feeding frenzy upon the whale. It was um, it was something else. Hello. Oh, this was nothing. You should see me and all my brothers and sisters when we're fighting over the last croquette. <laughs> I am perhaps do not wish to see this thing that you are talking about. No, but I can imagine it. Um, with um, the, the imagination skills that Owen has doubtlessly passed on to me. Awesome. So the tunnel leads you deep into the walls of the trench through a long claustrophobic stretch that feels like it will never end. Uh, luckily, you have Jacques there to distract you as much as needed uh, to get you through that experience. And the team makes it to an intersection. Uh Three paths lead in different directions. As you take a moment to examine the paths and um, and Owen, you get a chance uh, in this chamber to sort of uh, like stretch out a little and and you can actually turn around and uh, you feel a little bit more free. And if you need to, you could actually go back out. Uh, Thank goodness. You take a moment to examine the paths and they all look about the same size. They're going three different directions. But Nene, you're looking around and you're you're focusing on one of these paths and you see a couple of small shrimp sort of scuttling along and fighting over something. And when you go to to look at it, you realize that it's a shark tooth and it's been driven sort of deep into the wall of this tunnel. 
And as you're sort of watching it, these these two little shrimp are are fighting over it. And there's a sea cucumber just sort of slowly making its way over and is probably going to eat both of the shrimp because they're delicious. And, you know, if if you could spill your guts out to, you know, uh, to envelop things and digest them outside yourself, I mean, who wouldn't? Right. And you follow the path. You go along until uh you find sort of a, a natural cavern. Uh, it's a little bit wider here. You can sort of breathe a little easier. You can move a little easier. Um, but actually, funny thing about breathing easier, you're going along this tunnel and suddenly it's no longer water. It sort of tilts up and there's an air pocket. And it's dry. And the tunnel just sort of keeps going and you can see it sort of like tips back down a little bit. Um, you can't see uh, where it goes, but there's an air pocket um, and that's 100% dry land. Um, hey, guys, I don't know how I'm going to do this one, do this part. Um, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think any of us can do this. Okay, guys, we just got to take it one swim at a time. Ready? Everyone who needs a hand, I will give someone my hand. I will swim you through to the end. But I think it's more we need water. That's, that's kind of the problem is we can't can't swim because there's no water. Because yeah, the tunnel leads upward and all of a sudden oh. it's there's a, a surface below it. And so. Uh, uh, Isla, Isla, would you be able to breathe? up there and see if it goes back into water on the other side. For you, I'll give it a try. <laughs> and Isla swims up to the pocket. Okay. So you are sort of uh, you sort of get up to the surface and what is Nene feeling right now? Nene's feeling um, a, a little bit flustered from the, the sudden uh, attention from Isla. Um, you know, like, yeah, for you, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I didn't expect that. <laughs> okay. Also, a, a little bit apprehensive that they're, you know, dry land. Mm -hmm. so what if what if this mermaid can't do what half people can do on dry land? I would ask uh, if the information that we're trying to get is sort of how far it is. Does it go back down? Uh, do we have anyone in the party who might specialize in getting information about things that you cannot see? Oh, well, I'm good at seeing things. Okay. I don't know if that's what we're looking for, though. And you also a seal? <laughs> I am. I mean, you... Can't you, you go you on can dry land? Do the dry land thing. So, I mean, this might be an opportunity for for the like, you know, doing the scouting thing, if you like. Zotalor, it is something I'm good at. <laughs> Wait here a moment. I will just uh, I totally forgot this. Swim up and or 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 or. So what's what's Isla doing as sort of Jacques has this revelation and goes, oh, wait a second, and sort of pushes past and, and starts going up onto the the into the air pocket and the, the dry part. Oh, Jacques, thank God you're here. The air is kind of thin up here and I can't really see where it ends. And I'm so worried about all of our friends down there. And if they can't make it, so please, you got to help us out. Yes, yes, I will, of course, figure it out. Just just please don't mind my or. 
the the sound my seal frame makes on this particular climb. I'm, it's um, or, 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 I, it's it, it's like a tennis player hitting a backhand. I there's nothing I can do about it. Okay, so we we get some of that sound, and I think the the scene that we need to to see now is something from. Jock's past. So, so what is this bringing up for him? Uh, there was that time Jacques' girlfriend broke up with him. Uh, he thought she was the one, oh, and no. uh, and then he was making some sort of on a rock struggle or on a floating port pier, mm-hmm. and like a kayaker was going by, and he got scared like everybody else and kind of moved off to the side and made the. Or- sound and she was she just gave him a dirty look and never spoke to him ever again Mm. so nene what was it like watching that happen kind of funny to be honest Mm. i mean it's a funny noise yeah Jacques. did did you did you realize that nene was there was that part of the i had no idea that nene was there now nene have you ever led on to Jacques that that you saw this or that no 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 way okay they held on to that information to save it for the right to, time to this day right <laughs> okay all right uh so we 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 cut back to the the experience of uh of Jacques sort of going sort of up onto the dry land and and going a little further and what you uh what you come to is uh sort of a uh, you see something embedded into the wall. It looks like some sort of machinery and there's some little glowing lights and a little lever uh, and there's a glowing indicator light somewhere near the bottom that's got like a, a blue LED sort of filling up just a tiny portion of it. Would you like to make a roll to see what you can do with this situation? Zutalor, I have found something. Sacroplo, what is this? Okay. Uh, you're at 1D for being you. Uh, you are the explorer. Absolutely, that's the second die. Um, I don't know if you're prepared for this. Do you feel prepared for this? Never. Okay, that's two <laughs> dice then. Let's see what happens. But um, could I get some help from a friend, perhaps? Uh, you know, the ones that know the technology. Okay. Uh, so are so how are you how are you getting that help? Are you like calling back what's happening? Are you narrating this? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, some sort of blue uh, lighty thingy. Uh, I don't know. He said the narrator said L E D, but I don't know those letters. I am French. Uh, we say L E D, but that is not the same thing, um, of course. So, um, Isla, could you let our uh, two other non-air breathing compatriots know and? Um, um, at this point, Owen has stuck his head up because whales actually can breathe air. It's a mm-hmm. heat issue why they die on land. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just says, if it's a button, you should press it. Meanwhile, Isla is going back down to inform Nene of everything that's going on so they don't miss a thing. Mm-hmm. Owen, which one is the button? Um, I don't know. You're the one that's looking at it. I continue to describe all of the things. Okay. <laughs> in the... There is one that is a square. It is like a sponge. Um, there is another that is um, it is a longy thingy, like um, like a piece of coral that is shiny with a knobby at the end. I duck back under the water. I'm like, 
Nay, nay, you should help with this one. All right, let's make the roll and see what happens. I have two threes. Okay, uh, and your number is... Is three. Three, okay. Uh, so you're going to get two beneficial details. Um, so how do you manage uh, to hit the control to refill this portion of the tunnel with water? I use my mouth. Okay. <laughs> it's just a... Uh, uh, uh. I, I grab the lever thingy and I just get to pull it down and that uh, allows me to do it. But I let out the most weirdest <laughs> as I do it. And it's super embarrassing for poor Jacques. And he quickly turns to look to see if anybody's watching him while he does this. And he doesn't realize that the water started to trickle behind him and it slips underneath him. And he then slides coruscating and rather ignominiously mm -hmm. down into the water and makes a big resounding splash and uh, his face is all flushed as he looks at his comrades. So so Jacques slides down uh, looking rather foolish into the water with a big splash um, as you as it fills back up. So now the tunnel is full of water and you are able to continue. Keep on swimming. So who hasn't had a I think it's just Nene that hasn't had a flashback, right? Okay. Uh, which is great because you're the weapons expert. Uh, with that, you're able to get past this portion of the tunnel. And finally, the passage opens up as the four of you move along. And it opens into a large, wet cavern. And you see something thrashing on the far side. You can see the water being churned up by something big that is moving and is angry. And sure enough, uh, you recognize that is King Shark and he is not happy. You see a sort of glowing chain uh, that is wrapped up around him and is going towards a uh, sort of like a, a ring in the bottom of the chamber uh, that is attached there. So he can't go any further, uh, sort of like a, a dog staked out in the yard, I guess. As you look around the room, you see in this chamber, this water-filled chamber, there's King Shark right in the center of it with this glowing chain attached to the bottom. But around him are these four humanoid-looking people uh, who must be the people who kidnapped him. One of them is uh, there with sort of a, a black jumpsuit with uh, blue lines. Uh, she's got like a fiery red hair that's sort of billowing out behind her in the water. And she's got sort of these, these blue lines that are on her jumpsuit or sort of glowing with magical energy. Uh, you can see another one of them, uh, a guy with short hair. Uh, it's blonde. He's very sort of muscled and toned. Uh, and he's there with a trident. Um, it looks mundane. Doesn't look all sorcery, but you never know. You see another guy, um, very dark skin, uh, bald, and he just looks like the skinniest, scrawniest guy you've ever seen, but very, very wily. And you see he's got sort of strapped all over him on sort of these bandoliers, a bunch of uh, like little daggers and knives. And then off to one side is 
a person. They look a bit androgynous. They're in sort of uh, a uh, an all green sort of uh, dive suit, jumpsuit, uh, and they've got what looks like some sort of like laser weapon or something uh, pointed generally in King Shark's direction. And as you come into the room, Nene, this is the moment when it's like, oh, it's it's real, right? Up until this point, you all were just sort of on a little mission. You may or may not have sort of volunteered yourself for this. You may not exactly be 100% officially assigned to this. You may have just sort of found out that King Shark hadn't, you know, shown up or been around anywhere and just sort of gone somewhere. Maybe glory hunting, maybe trying to get a little extra credit, maybe seeking that siren call of adventure, maybe just trying to do the right thing, being worried that, you know, with all this metagene trafficking up on the surface and people disappearing, maybe this is related and that's something that Isla definitely cares about. All these things are starting to like come into place here. But for Nene, this is real, right? This is the moment that you've trained for. This is the OG. This is the reason I'm a weapons expert. So let's cut back to the to your training, right? You are this tiny little seahorse, right? Compared to the rest of the group. You've said that, you know, maybe maybe you got stepped on one too many times, but in the sort of serious tactical simulation training that you get as part of the guard, what's a time that you failed? And who on the team was there to watch it happen? A time that um, Nene had failed was when Nene accidentally blew everyone up, the bad guys and the good guys, Mm -hmm. in the simulation, and um, Isla was there to see it. Mm. What did... What did Isla say after that? First, she wanted to check on them and make sure that they were doing okay. And then afterwards, Isla wanted to remind them that it was just a simulation and it was really important to learn from your mistakes that you know what to do when it came time to do the real thing. Mm-hmm. Not blow everyone up. That's probably a good thing. But you know, maybe just a little bit, save a little bit of that for the bad guys. Only blow the bad guys up, got it. Yeah, in like a non-lethal distraction kind of way to get them away from the picture. You know, you, you can work on it. You know what? Maybe we can work on it together. Oh, okay. Okay. So we cut forward to this situation, right? We've got three of these baddies who are kind of all up in King Shark's face. And we've got one of them off there who's who's got some sort of weird techno gadget thing. Um, and your instincts are telling you this is the moment. So you are the weapons expert. That's one die right there. You got the one die for being you. Uh, And if that's not being prepared for this situation, if you have not been training for this, I don't know what is. And you know what? I'm going to give you the extra die for for that lovely scene with Isla. I think you've got the emotional support of your team behind you. You are going to do the thing. So let's roll it and let's see how this goes down. So how many is that? Two or three? That is four dice. Four. Okay. Let's hope four dice. they're all high enough then. And uh, and yeah, I think this is very much your uh, your feelings, right? You are you were tapping into all of that. One, one, three, four. Okay. A two over. That's, that's two okay. under. 
So that is a success and you're going to get a beneficial detail. So with two successes, I think just right off the bat, you're taking two of these two of these uh, purists down. So which ones do you take down and how? I would like to take down the guy in the green jumpsuit with the laser weapon and the woman mm -hmm. with the red hair who has the magic suit on. Okay. Because I feel and they're the biggest threats mm -hmm. to us and they need to be taken out first. Yep. You take down the two, you, the, the, the two DPS casters, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I think Nene would like, have been carrying around this sack of weapons this whole time, mm -hmm. struggling and having insisted on carrying it themselves. So, you know, doesn't mm -hmm. need anyone help and has kind of like a flashbang grenade that they can use to make it so they're, they're blinded and deafened and are unable mm -hmm. to participate in this conflict at all. Okay, uh, so with each of those little uh, tiny sort of fins that uh, that you've got uh, or with a tail, you just sort of like pop these two small little devices over and they just sort of float gently in this nice arc that gets a little bit jostled by uh, by all the activity. And you see just at the last moment as they sort of like one pops onto the uh, the shoulder of the, the one with the, the green jumpsuit and they sort of look over like, huh? And the, the sorceress, um, like sees it coming at the last moment and starts to bring her hands up, uh, but is not in time and boom, there's just this bright light. Um, and you all have, have trained for this, right? You, you know what to expect. So you're able to sort of like shield yourself a little bit and they are both just stunned. They are glassy eyed. They are just sort of like, whoa, talk to them in two weeks. <laughs> And in addition to taking out two of them with those two successes you got, uh, you get to narrate an additional benefit for the scene. So what's something aside from taking out uh, one of the other two remaining that you'd like to have happen here? Free King Shark, free King Shark, free King Shark. <laughs> yeah, the, the um, chain for the ring or the ring loosens. <laughs> the, the King Shark is just emboldened by this move and with a huge grunt of effort just pulls that ring out of the floor of the cavern. All right. So, yeah, King Shark, uh, as part of this, one of the... Uh, one of the things that was going on during all of this was the sorceress uh, had sort of a spell out and whipping around and there was a sorceress energy that just sort of like slices into the bottom link of the chain. And there's a moment where you see King Shark look down at the chain. The two uh, the two purists look down at the chain and then they all look up at each other. And the the smile of a huge beefy giant of a shark man in this enclosed space is probably the most terrifying thing that you have ever seen uh, as he goes hey chums don't worry king shark we are here to rescue you Fantastic. Uh, all right. And and with that, uh, what are let, what is Owen doing? Doing what Owen does best and just 
getting in the way, but in a good way, like blocking the doorway so no one can escape. Okay. You can see that there's a passage on the far side of the chamber. And as you're sort of swimming around in the chaos, um, you just happen to place your seven foot bulk right in the entrance of that. And so no, you, see, you see uh, <laughs> this trident wielding uh, purist and uh, this other one who's got, you know, all these knives and everything start heading towards you and you see them sort of stop and there's a moment where they're sort of evaluating okay do we go back that way because king shark's that way but you look like a little bit of a soft target but there's there's that moment of hesitation in that moment of hesitation uh what is Jacques doing he's turned to isla and he's whispered saying oh i I certainly hope that we have not um, mistook what's going on and King Shark has gone into some sort of blood frenzy and these four are trying to keep him protected until such time as he takes it down. You know, um, we definitely have done much in the way of uh, proper exploratory work on this, have we not? No, are you kidding? I definitely noticed those symbols on the back of those guards' uniforms. Those are purists. They kidnapped him. We have to do something now. Oh, of course, yes. And right about that point, you you hear King Shark going, Didn't I take care of Orm and you scum a ways back? Ah, and he gets this big, big, huge, toothy grin at the two of them, and they're looking pretty panicked. Did that one just ink? <laughs> Which is hilarious because they're both human <laughs> Uh, water's getting a little warmer over here. So the next thing that happens is King Shark goes after the one with the trident. If you do nothing, it will be a body holding a trident. Is the group going to do something to stop that is the question I have. I see it coming. My magic <laughs> abilities of uh, foretelling the future that we even though we don't like the purists agenda, we don't want to see purists dead. We want to see them, you know, corrected of the errors of their ways. I mean, and if, if so, winds can come back from it, I mean, you know, if 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 the dude that's dating Aquaman, uh, yeah. I mean, he should be fine. He is some sort of ocean master or something, right? Yes, no? Look, as much as I hate Purus, I'm with you on this one. And not only that, but if King Shark gets a taste for all that blood, who knows what he's going to do next? So we should put a stop to this. Yeah. It would be very embarrassing for me, though. I wish you to know this. You see King Shark turn back towards you, uh, Isla, as you say that and just give you a dirty look like, oh, you're no fun. <laughs> and at that point, sort of like spins around and um, sort of actually does like a, I mean, Chuck Norris is a terrible person, uh, but does the like classic almost roundhouse kick uh, in the water and just sort of spins around and you see one of those uh, those feet of his that's got sort of the, the back pointed fin on it uh, just slam into the side of the head of the one with all the knives and you see them just sort of conk out against the hitting their head against the, the wall of the, the cavern and there is one left. Yeah, Owen's gonna swim forward and just like barrel into them. Okay. Uh, 
Just crash into them. Okay. Uh, let's do a roll for that. I think one for yeah. one for being you. Uh, one absolutely for being the uh, the unintentional disaster. Heck yeah. And I mean, if this isn't a situation that is perfectly prepped for you to to be effective, I don't know what is. So let's let's call it three dice. Oh wait, what am I rolling? Am I rolling with lobsters or Felix? Uh, I think this is actually going to be a lobster thing. I think this is sort of an instinctual thing. Yes, three successes then. Okay, uh, so you absolutely managed to sort of panic and uh, and sort of knock out this last uh, purist in the most like cartoony way of you know their head actually bounces off the head of the other purist and there's sort of this moment of calm and King Shark looks at the four of you. And goes, well, took you long enough. I was getting hungry too. I never realized how tasty whale face was. Looks at Owen. I mean, no offense. Um, I'm a vegetarian, so I would taste very different than any other type of whale, I'm sure. Not, not uh, good. Which is not it's a not, selling point. It's not good, no. <laughs> you see him kind of grin and go, all right, kids. How... How old are you? And I think that's the that's the button we get on that scene. Nice. And we get like a montage of everybody sort of, uh, you know, tying up the the two that are dazed as heck uh, and then getting the other two. And um, when you go out the the passage on the other direction, uh, it's actually a relatively short way up and out uh, to the seabed, but it's very well hidden. And you bring home King Shark and uh, you bring four of the uh, the purists, or, or as I like to think of them, the Aqua Nazis uh, to justice. Yay. Woo-hoo. Very youthful justice. You might even say to young justice. Oh, there it is. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you, everybody. This was a ton of fun. Definitely a bit sillier than your average Young Justice episode, uh, but... It's hard to get away from silly when you're using lasers and feelings. And I had a great time. And really, if that's not the point, what is? Um, I am Richard Kreutz Landry, uh, representing, again, the Whelmed, the Young Justice Files podcast, where we do uh, deep dives on sort of the uh, critical analysis of the show uh, and how you can create things uh, in a systematic and thoughtful manner. Uh, We love to share our passion for Young Justice and we want to see other creators uh, getting the tools and the the passion to create things that they care about too. Emily, if you want to start out the outros here, go ahead and plug your plugs, say who you are, and we'll go around the table. 
Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Emily Matchett. I am from Tabletop Titties and Legends, a superhero story. Tabletop Titties is a live stream and podcast. Um, We've got two shows right now, and we are run entirely by people of marginalized genders. Um, And Legends, a superhero story is an actual play podcast um, using the Legends, the superhero role playing game system that is brand new. My dad and my brother wrote it um, that will be releasing later on this year. Awesome. Uh, Sarah. Hi, I am Sarah, also known as Zero, and I'm the keeper and editor of Red Gate and Wolf, an actual play monster of the week podcast. Um, a sassy thief and a Scottish werewolf. Hunt monsters, roll dice, and bicker in a fictional American town named after Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Kyle. Hello, I'm Kyle. And in today's adventure, Jacket and Toque, my oh, character. Oh, man. Oh, that's good. Yep. <laughs> that's good. Which was right in front of your faces the whole time. <laughs> he takes off his jacket and is transformed into the selkie that he is with a red toque. Oh, my goodness. Because there has to be feelings <laughs> in lasers and feelings. I mean, yeah, we, we endeavor to do so. <laughs> and uh, as a result, I'm Kyle and I am pleased to have gotten to take part in this. You can find me on Twitter at Tavern Tales DM, and I very much enjoyed this opportunity to get to meet a bunch of new people. Yeah. All right. Uh, and finally, Ariel, tell us who you are and where we can find you. And I am Ariel Horn. You can find me writing for DCTV.news, YoungJustice.tv, especially when that fourth season finally comes out mm-hmm. and running. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> And running uh, the Princesses of Power fan site at Swap Site on Twitter. So go ahead in our Twitter or website and take a look at that. Fantastic. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us and have a wonderful September. The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is composed by Benny James. Our graphic art and logo are by Matthias Grelly. You can support International Podcast Month by sharing and talking about the event, and you can even buy our team members a coffee. Links are in the show notes. Follow us at PodMonth on Twitter. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and for more information about the event. International Podcast Month. Celebrating creators, sharing listeners.